the nut straight. satisfied now, Teddy? Because I can go on busting you up all night. Yet. Yet. He beat me. Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Scores. So, took a week off, a nice break, had uh, very little news to discuss uh, over that week, so it was a good time to take a break, I think. I'm going to be getting into rookies here shortly, but we did want to do just a free agency recap, kind of uh, go over the signings, a couple of trade rumors that have been floating around, uh, some news about that today. But before we get into that, Walk, I think you had a few things you wanted to discuss. So how are you and what direction do you want to get started? Yeah, Johnny, I'm doing fantastic. You had a week off. I had a little business travel to attend to, and then it, it did kind of fall at almost like an ideal time. I mean, we're we're post-NFL combine, pre-NFL draft, kind of a little bit of a, a dynasty lull. I mean, we could just continue to beat up these rookies again and again, like just about every other podcast is. But, you know, there's we we've established where we're at on them now, and then the last data point is the draft. So we're going to bring in some outsiders and get their take on rookies in the upcoming weeks, but really the next pivot point is post NFL draft where we finalize our rankings and we tear, tear into real rookie redraft season. So, and then also, I mean, would we call it a couple pro days we missed out on where every quarterback threw great, you know, they were all, you know, thrown off structure on the run, 60 yards, this, this, and this, like they're all amazing. And, you know, let's not forget that Zach Wilson had one of the best pro days ever, you know, a few years ago where, People were drooling over his ability to throw on the run. So I don't know what you really get out of that. I get more from the combine than I do from anyone's pro days. But that's a that's my little soapbox. But the thing I wanted to raise with you is, you know, I've been a little active on these uh, trade streets recently and in a league that you and I are in together, which is a super flex tight end premium that was started last year that, you know, pat on my back, I won handily. <laughs> in the inaugural season the regular season record didn't show it but i was by far the leader in points scored i was i was taking everyone's best shot and i came out on top in the end um i wanted to reinforce the trenches i'm i'm, I'm attempting to go back to back here so i've already made three trades in that league again Superflex tight end premium league all players for picks right i'm on the acquiring <laughs> end of every player giving away all these picks so the three in order of where the picks lie was, and not in when the trades went down, was Elijah Moore for pick 19, Rashad Penny for pick 21, and Jelani Woods for pick 37 in this upcoming draft. Any you like, hate, 
otherwise to be determined. Kind of curious as to your take. Um, I don't personally. I'm not a fan of the any of them, but I get I get where you're coming from. These are very Walker guy trades, and and I'm I'm in favor of dumping picks and getting players, um, especially if you think they're going to take that next step. You you got your guy Penny now in your uniform, so I understand. I don't think it's – as of right now, he's a starting running back, so it looks good unless they really, you know, uh, address the position in the draft or bring in somebody like Zeke. You should get a decent return as long as Penny stays healthy. Elijah Moore, also a guy I know you've liked for a long time, had to get out of New York. They were not a fan of him. Didn't seem to be <laughs> the case. So new place, arguably the team's number two wide receiver. And if you think Cleveland's offense is going to take a step up, he should be one of the beneficiaries of that. And Jelani Woods is a giant man. We both like him. That 37th pick was that first pick of the fourth round. That's value wise, probably my most favorite because at least, <laughs> you know, We've seen a little bit from Woods, super athletic, giant man. He's better than whatever you're going to get at 401. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't hate that one. I get, but I get why you made all of them. But I just don't like those. I don't like Penny and uh, more as much as you do. Yeah, and like clearly indicated, these are my guys. So I'm not, I'm not trying to trade for guys I don't like. All right, unless they're extreme values, but they went right in that order through 117 votes right now. 40% for Elijah Moore, 34% for Penny, 15% for Jelani Woods. Then I put a D, all of the above, 11% took that one as well. Woods was crazy value, in my opinion, you know, at, at pick 37. Even in a deep tight end class, we've kind of already seen some production from Woods, who should take a step forward with whatever quarterback ends up being there, whether it's Minshew to start or one of these rookies, inevitably. I I thought that was crazy value for him. <clears throat> Penny was a little bit more than I wanted to pay, but I'm fine with a late second for Penny. Elijah Moore, yeah, I'm full Elijah Moore. I, I think him at 19 was a value. He would go before pick 19 if he were in this draft class for me, and that's how I evaluate things. Where I was on him coming out, where would I draft him in this class? And he would be before pick 19. And then I went a step further and said, "Who who's still there? You know, Who's gone? So I just did, based on my rankings, who are my top 18 players? So Stroud, Richardson, Young, Levis, and Hooker, I believe, will all be gone by pick 19 in a Superflex draft. Bijan, Gibbs, and Charbonnet at running back. JSN, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, and Josh Downs will be gone. And then tight ends, because of this Superflex tight end premium, Mayer, Kincaid, Musgrave, and Washington. None of them are an option at the first pick, uh, by pick 19, so... I don't know why people think these picks just are, are magically gold. I don't think this is a particularly deep class. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, potential at running back. I think there's a good, there's good depth at tight end. I don't think there's a sixth draftable quarterback in Superflex, in, in my opinion. I've already gone on record as far as yeah. that. And I think it's a good wide receiver class. I don't, I don't think it's a great one. So I'm more than happy to give up all those picks. I'm still holding pick 12. You know, so I can still tap into a running back I like if I want to, or you know, a wide receiver that falls. I don't think you know, quarterback will be a value for me at that point. And then I have two picks in like the early 30s as well, so I can throw some darts at a tight end 
and another wide receiver running back I like. I just it was a no all of them were no brainers to me. So Yeah, I mean when you talk about who you know what we know right now, who's gonna be there when those picks are on the clock, you make a pretty compelling case for your side. Yeah, I mean you can't yeah, predict I mean, the future, right? But I mean unreasonable. One of those guys might be there at nineteen, right? Maybe two, if people don't just value the tight ends. So maybe I could get a tight end at 19. Well, I got Jelani Woods at 37. So I'm just, I I thought they were all home runs. But only time will tell uh, (laughs) with with, with each of those players. And as far as like running back and specifically Penny's concerned, I I don't know who tweeted it earlier today, but I I look at most running backs (laughs) as one-year options anyway. Right. If Penny is a starting running back to open up the Eagles season, he's better than whatever rookie I would be drafting at 21, hoping they inevitably get a shot at being a starting running back some point. So yeah. give me the one year of Penny and his upside over me, assuming I know everything about rookie running backs coming out and, and that guy X at pick 21, it will inevitably be able to put up anything close to what Rashad Penny did, you know, across multiple starts. You know, when he's healthy, he's a running back one. He's proven the time again. He just can't stay healthy. And I think you also, you know, you'd mentioned you, you're the, the reigning champion. And I think that does come into play with it, right? So your team is already arguably one of the top teams going into this season. It, it's probably worth to take the risk on the guys you kind of know than what you would get with the unknowns. You know what I mean? So you're, it's it's a more calculated risk. You know what team both of these guys are on. We already have an idea of how they're going to be used. We've seen them play in the NFL where, you know, any rookie, uh, <laughs> you know, even, even you know, even with B. John Robinson, well, we don't know. He's we pretty confident he's going to be good, but. Even if you traded the 101, it, it's, a, it's no lock that, you know, there, there's always that risk with the rookie picks. And and being one of the better teams, you, you can afford to avoid that risk and just solidify your roster with players who are both probably going to just be role-playing guys, which is even makes your team better. Yeah, that's, what, that's also what I said in one of our plays. I said, none of these guys are starters for me. None of them. They can be. But it's it's depth, you know, yeah. for and to stay in the pocket and try and win again, you know. And then spoiler alert: I have two first round picks in twenty twenty four through some startup trades that I made. Yeah, I'm 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 golden pony boy. You know, there's there's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing that's gonna hurt me. And listen, Miles Sanders was running back fifteen in PPR last year, and he caught twenty passes for seventy eight yards. So everyone's reply that you know, if Penny is the 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 two down running back for the Eagles, he still has limited value. I'm like, yeah, it's a high end RB too. I mean, it's I I think Rashad Penny's a better running back than Miles Sanders. Sure. You know, I mean, people can disagree with that, but if he plays 17 games, which is unlikely, like Miles Sanders did, he's gonna have the opportunity to a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. Consider me interested at pick 21, but that's just me. I just wanted to brag a little bit about how amazing I am when dynasty leads, <laughs> fleecing people in trades, you know, always a step ahead. But um, so, I know that you I, have yet to swing a trade this year. So you need to, hopefully no. this motivates you a little bit as well. Let's talk. We're in like half a dozen leagues together. So 
I'm yeah. getting I'm getting offers that I am none too pleased with. Uh, this was a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but ten, twenty days ago. I, I've been holding Calvin Ridley in one league. I took over an orphan. Otherwise, I had no Ridley. Finally, he gets reinstated, and somebody offers me 309 for him. Like, you're out of your mind. Why would I, I held him for the year? Like, you have to pay me now for that roster hole that I ate for a season, right? So, like, you could have tried to get him last year for 309, but not now when he's coming back. So, I promptly rejected that one. And then uh, the other one I've been getting, people, I have the 101 in this league. And people have been trying to come and get it. But my running backs, sit tight for this uh, puke fest, uh, Saquon Barkley, <laughs> Eno Benjamin, Ezekiel Elliott, Daryl Henderson, and Cordero Patterson. On my taxi squad, I got Tristan Ebner, Jerome Ford, and Isaiah Pacheco, who I actually like the upside of that trio from what the teams have on their rosters right yeah. now. So if I can add... Bijan Robinson to this running back group. It's not a bad. Uh, I went from a, a weakness to a strength in just one offseason, I think. So the people aren't offering me anything. It's it's a combination of, uh, yeah, like Alvin Kamara and the people keep trying to give me Chris Jones. It's IDP league. So yeah, some defensive players mixed in there with like Alvin Kamara and the, the 109. It's like, well, no, no, thank you. <laughs> what am I yeah, going to do with this that- shit? That sounds like a dynasty orphan if ever I heard one, John. <laughs> With those <laughs> that cast yes. of characters. So, you know, it's a it's an uphill battle, but one that I know you'll inevitably win. I I I uh, acquired Ridley from our buddy Scott Connor for pretty much uh for, I believe it was Jacoby Myers last year because he was going to win. I'm like, I'll take this chance all day. And then I also flipped him Devontae Adams for Cooper Cup plus. I was like, Well, I ain't winning this year. So yeah, I'll take I'll take the who I believe is the wide receiver one still in fantasy football and when healthy in Cooper Cup, but yeah, I was a I was a Ridley acquirer last year, but it was low risk then, but certainly not not at the three hundred nine now. People, he's been reinstated. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> yesterday's and, price isn't today's price. And in a, in another league too, uh, I, I've mentioned this league before. It's the thirty two teamer, one copy of each player. So it's super Yikes. super giant league, but super shallow. This guy keeps trying to get Brees Hall from me, who I have, and I'm like, he can be had, but you you got to pay for him. He offers me Brees Hall. I'd be giving up Brees Hall. I'd be giving up the 115 and the 207 with Brees Hall for Austin Eckler. <laughs> I, I said, he's you're trying to give me a 28-year-old for, you know, a, 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 what appears to be a perennial top 10 running back for the next five-ish years. I should be getting like three first back, right, with Eckler. Yeah, you're, you're, you're looking at this wrong, sir. I mean, he must listen to the podcast, right? I mean, knows how much you gush over Austin Eckler every chance you get, but that's uh, we're, 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 we're doing things wrong here, sir. If you want to get a, you want to trade down with Mr. DeBar, don't insult him and try and play into his affection. I mean, just these types of trades, the age game alone, but yeah, so I, I have not made many trades, but these are the type of deals that have been coming my way, so I have uh. I have respectfully declined anything that's come my way because, yeah, it's all been pretty shitty. 
Well, that's kind that you referred to them as deals and you said respectfully declined because <laughs> I am the, of the mindset where I come over the top when you offer me like a ridiculous trade, I find a more ridiculous counter. I, that's, I, I'm immature like that. I'm like, the fact you even sent this to me is insulting. So I'm not just going to allow myself to be insulted. I'm going to have to return the favor. So I'm now going to, I'll take the guy you want to send me, but this is what I think less than he's worth. Like, it's not even one that I would think this guy's going to accept and I'll end up with that guy. It's no, I want you to see how far apart we are. Give, yeah. give me. So you, you would reply with Eckler for your 2026 20, fifth. It, it would be insulting. It would. And then <laughs> if, if we're on, MFL, I, there's a note too as well. Yeah, not like I'm never never a mean person, but you know, it's just you know clearly we have different player values, and then I let them know like Brees Hall greater than or equal to Austin Eckler. <laughs> pick one, whatever, and pick two equal more than you offered. So <laughs> I used to. There's a guy in that league that is. Uh, yeah, pretty much the worst trader I've ever uh, dealt with in any league anywhere. And and I do that to him. He sends me offers and then I would reply with <laughs> literally is like seven best players for two of my last draft picks. I'm like, okay, uh, you yeah. want to give me, uh, I can't, can't think of players off the top of my head, but yeah, you want to give me peak Antonio Brown, uh, Peyton Manning and, and, uh, Adrian Peterson for my 2028th seventh rounder. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's only one owner in all my dynasty leagues that I consider like dead to me. Right. And that's the one that's going to get the, you know, the bargain basement offers (laughs) just repeatedly. Well, that, that league, the league you made your trade in those two leagues that have a lot of the same uh, guys in it. Um, Towards the end of last year, I was looking to fire sale in the one league, and I said, look, I'm, I want draft picks. I'm, we're getting rid of everybody. Send me your best offer. If you don't hear back, I'm not interested. And uh, I think in one of the message boards, we even talked about it on the pod too. They were like, this guy's not replying to anything. And it's like, yeah, you sent me shit. I'm not even. I'm not wasting my fucking time even replying to this. Like you're not yeah. – we're not even in the ballpark. Yeah. Like it's there's, not there's, even there's, negotiable. That's the league where I traded you for Keenan Allen and he helped me win, right? Because we found some mutual ground. I think I gave you like Jacoby Myers and a pick um, to, to get him. He helped me win the championship, but I'm also of the mindset and nothing frustrates me more than like the, the guy that says either like a, I'm interested in, in Keenan Allen, take a look at my roster and send me an offer. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, you you're interested in Keenan Allen. You send me an offer for him. I'm not I'm not doing all the fucking work. Or it's I like all these guys. Because you send me a fucking list of guys. You know, see see if you like anything on my team. I'm like, stop putting the onus on me to do the work. I one, if you're interested, I need to see where you're at on that player, right? Like, not it's you're, you're doing this backwards. I will never make a trade with someone that that sends me a. Send me an offer. I like this guy. Send me an offer. No, absolutely not. I won't. I won't even reply to you. Sorry. The only thing with Dynasty, because there's so many moving pieces, and I I know I do this a lot, is I just don't know, unless someone tells you what they're looking for, you know what I mean? I I don't know if you're looking for players, if you're looking for picks, and win now mode, and you want, you know, 
Adam Thielen at a discount because you want an old guy who can score you some. You know, you know what I mean? So I, I you do. Should, you, have to have con- you have to have conversation. You shouldn't just be blind. But like I'll use sleeper, for instance, like someone will put a guy on the block. Right. And if it's a guy I like, hit that little, little star or the heart or whatever the fuck it is. Sure. I'm interested in this guy. Nine times out of ten, that owner will then send a direct message saying, you know, send me an offer for so-and-so. And I'm like, well, I already told you who I liked. Like, okay, what are you looking for? Right? Like, you don't have to tell me the exact players, but to your point, are you looking for picks? Are you looking for players? Are you looking for a position? Like, no one wants to give you any context. And I think it's because they think, like, you'll overpay if you don't know specifics. And I'm like, no, the deal just likely won't get done if I don't know specifics. I'm not trying to figure you out. Just tell me. I told you who I want. At least tell me what you want. Right? Like, work here. Like, let's let's work together to get this trade done. You know, because we're both trying to make it as advantageous for ourselves as possible. That's you want to win trades. Like we shouldn't want to like bend people over, but I want to win every trade. <laughs> like who doesn't? Right. Yeah. So I'm not trying to give anything more than I need to. If I know so-and-so in a third round pick is going to get it done, why the hell would I offer you my second round pick? Right. Yeah. And I, I you know, that, that giant premier league that I, I sucked you into that league. I have some of the most, productive trade talks. And even if it falls apart, like a lot of those guys in that Slack chat, you'd be like, all right, what, what are you looking for? Oh, I was hoping for picks. And you go, would, you know, if you list your picks that you got with this, this and that, get it done. And they're like, eh. but I, I've had, well, I don't know, you know, 30 message conversations about trades and tweaking and adding this, adding this. And then would they ask you, would you be willing to add this guy? And I go, ah, not really. And then at the end, we just both go, oh, all right, let's see. We can work out next time when you're in the market. But that league I have found has got the best group of people to trade with out of any league I'm in. Yeah, I, I agree. I've made some trades in there. Um, I think that chat gets a little busy sometimes. I don't typically read like the group messaging stuff, but I do think it's pretty active when you can engage the people directly. Um, so I agree with you. There, I haven't. But, I haven't but everybody, I, what I'm saying is, everybody there, like we're talking about, we're like, oh, what are you looking for? People there tell you, and there, yeah. I've had, like I said, there's lots of actual, like real negotiations that go on in that league instead of you know just two, one, 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 one offer sent, one reply, one reply back, and that's it. Like I've had ridiculously long conversations where we're just add this piece, take this piece, take this piece, add this piece, and you go, ah, now we finally got to some. Yeah, I mean, I, and I agree with you 100 percent because there's nothing worse than when you're, like you're you're going back and forth with someone else, and you just know, like, all right, we're not we're not going to get there. And then they're like, "Well, I th- I thought you wanted so and so." I'm like, "Sure," but it doesn't mean I'm like obligate contractually obligated to trade with you now that we started talking about it. Like, yeah, we value players differently. That's what makes a dynasty. If everyone valued everyone the same, you would have 11 other trade partners out there, right? Why why would you just want to trade sure. with me? I think that's too much for him. You know, so so. Uh, you know, circle back. You you know where my price point is. If something changes, come on back. And honestly, if the price goes up and I'm interested, I'll come back to you. But I'm not I'm not just overpaying because we're talking about it, right? Like that's, that's silly. Yeah, or even just, I I like too when just the first conversation you obviously value somebody very differently. Like like you know Ridley for example when that that other trade. I mean there wasn't a conversation, but if there was, you know, as soon as they offer that. 309 once he's reinstated you go look we are fucking light years apart on this what what is the point of this conversation 
Yeah, I mean, the irony is that is that you don't value the player differently. He's just trying to lowball, and that's just that's going to get him exactly where it got him, right? You probably aren't guaranteed to get Ridley for the three hundred nine a year ago this time when he was suspended, and there was no like true clarity about if or when he was ever going to play sure. again. Like, I I don't know that you get him for the three hundred nine then because if I'm holding Ridley, I'm like, well, fuck, I'll just hold him for the three hundred nine. I'll, I'll ride this out and see. Well, where don't it goes. you think? He- don't you think he's worth more? Uh, I mean, obviously, he's worth more reinstated. That's not what I'm saying. Don't you think he's worth more to me now because I ate the shit sandwich and held him for a year? I got nothing. So for me, as the person that held him, you have to kind of compensate me for me taking that goose egg a year ago. And I'm not talking fucking 103 for the guy, but. Let, let the, I don't know what's a fair value for him. Probably mid second ish. Uh, no, I I think an early second now is now now he's reinstated. I think early second's fair value for him. Okay, so I but that, mid, that's where I, I, my I, point was. That's where I would bump him up if I'm saying mid second in my brain, like in a vacuum, because I yeah. held him for the year. Yeah, I, you better be bringing the two a one or two two because I've I I took. I ate the burden of owning Calvin Ridley already. You're getting all the plus of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, you know, I, and I do try to think in my head, would this trade insult me if someone sent it to me? I do when I send trades to people and listen, I, I'll typically send an offer where I know I'm willing to give more. I'm not saying like, I'm, I don't like you said in that, in the, in that one league, send me your best offer. Sorry. I'm not going to send you my best offer. Even you, I'm not. I, I will send you what I believe to be reasonable, and then hopefully we can get there. But I'm not going to start with my best offer. I, I'm just not. I mean, anyone that negotiates anything ever, you you just don't do that. But also don't start so low that you never even get to where you want to get to. I'll send my best offer if someone is asking, you know, <laughs> explicitly. Kind of like, well, you know, you we were talking about Scott, mentioned Scott earlier. Scott does that in all the leagues. He goes, here's who I want to trade. Here is what I want to get for them. So to me, I go, you know, it's like it's your, your grocery shopping list. You go down there. You're like, I've got a 2024 third and he would like to get rid of whatever. Yeah. I mean, but again. He, for, you go, for those who don't know, his is always this player for this single pick. It's very black and white that he's already just assumed that that guy isn't the one and would rather reroll the dice on the unknown. Mm-hmm because the pick is more valuable than the player. So there's a difference that him and I went back and forth quite a few times on, on our trades last year because we value people differently. Sure. And that's totally fine. That's, that's part of the fun in it. But we ultimately got to a place we needed to. And I was totally bagging the season. My quarterbacks weren't playing. My, my, my wide receivers were hurt. I was late at running back. Like I was more than happy to trade away assets for you know proven assets for future opportunity right so yeah give me give me ridley over <laughs> uh jacoby myers any day you know and i and i got a pickup grade there you know i don't see a ton of difference between Devonte adams and cooper cup Devonte adams was playing and he wanted the points and you know i got something put on the back end of that where i was like well it, it we both won in the end but not because we valued the, the the players exactly or probably even we're both totally comfortable where the trade ended up you know, but it worked for both sides. So that aside, that was a fucking long soapbox right there of dynasty trades rabbit hole. But we're here to talk free agency. And Andy Dalton signed with the Panthers. Case Keenum signed with the Texans. 
and Gardner Minshew signed with the Colts. Those are all three teams we are anticipating taking first-round quarterbacks this year. Do you think any of those three guys start more than eight games this year? Uh, there's a world where Minshew might if shit goes south for the Colts in the draft. Sure. Um, the other ones now. If the Colts go Anthony Richardson, Gardner could start the whole year. Eh, I mean, yeah, certainly possible. Um, I don't subscribe to that notion, but you know, it's, it's worked a few times. It worked for Mahomes. It worked for Rogers. I'm sure there's others that, you know, I don't recall that it worked for Drew Brees. If I recall correctly, he was behind rivers. Um, so it's, it's possible. Um, but that would probably have to be the one, maybe Levis. Um, I, I still think he has some, some work to do, but sure. I think Dalton and Keenum were 100% veterans that were brought in to help the rookie, <laughs> not, not to start, you know, until the rookie was ready. I just think so, it's, so let's say get it, you know, and, and aren't impediments in any way, shape or form to these rookies. So let's say it goes the most interesting you, know, you didn't even mention, and it's not because of these picks, but Mike white to the dolphins with Tua and yeah. the, the concussion concerns, Mike white showed some serious fantasy chops in his starts and he's not afraid to sling it. Now you're giving him potentially Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen yeah. Waddle in, in that offense. If you're a Tua, you know, manager, you have to go and get you some Mike White in Superflex leagues because he would be he'd be an, a pretty nice fallback option, far better than what Teddy Bridgewater and your boy Skylar Thompson provided last year. Yeah. If, if it goes Stroud and Young, do you think Dalton or Keenum or both of them, do you think they're starting in week one? No. Neither one? No. I think Stroud and Young are both pro-ready. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I was just curious where you're at. Yeah, I, I don't believe either of those guys, you know, unless some, the inevitable happens, um, would, would or even are vying you know, to break camp as the starter. I think they're just perfect veterans to be there to welcome the starting quarterback to their respective teams. The other two names, Baker Mayfield, your guy, I think you even mentioned the Bucs. I don't understand what, what the Bucs are doing. Um, honestly, they should have just rolled with Trask and moved forward. Why even pay Baker $8.5 million a year to go play? Like, or Do you think because the division is so depressed that that made any sense? Because it didn't to me. And then Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders, you know, that was obvious. Of all time, once they divorced themselves from Derek Carr and you knew Garoppolo was going to come available, that you knew Josh McDaniels was going to go and tap into his Patriot roots and bring Garoppolo there. He'll keep the offense on schedule, but I still th- it does think it limits the upside to Devontae Adams because Jimmy has a shit deep ball. And then they bring in Jacoby Myers, who McDaniels is familiar with. I'm not sure that Garoppolo is. I don't know that they overlapped at all, but still they get the Patriots game. He's going to be a volume guy. They still have Hunter Renfro there. I think they're going to start using a short pass game. Oh, this, so, this is the, the the Raiders are in, in a race to the bottom, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, nothing they, they did. They were already there. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. They've, they've made like these splashes in name only. None of these are good. None of these moves make you better than the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and Denver, Denver is absolutely better. The only thing that's saving the Raiders is the fucking Chargers are so inept <laughs> that I think the Chargers may uh, play themselves backwards uh, behind the Raiders more than the Raiders uh, leapfrog the Chargers. But 
It's entirely possible. I don't believe it. You know me burning that Chargers candle. Oh, me you know, too. Behind, behind the scenes, but it also wouldn't surprise if anyone knows anything about the Chargers. <laughs> they, uh, if for nothing else, you know, love to disappoint in big spots. So, yeah, I'm there with you. But I, I think that's far more than enough about these quarterbacks. There's only, sure. but there's only really two or three starters in, in that whole lot um, of guys that have moved so far. So let's go to the running backs because this was what was thought of as like a huge free agent market um, at the running back position. Of course, uh, Pollard and Saquon both get tagged. So you kind of pull their names out of the list, but there were still a lot of names that changed teams. Um, yeah. I'll let you dive in first. Cause I think I've talked a lot about these quarterbacks, but there is two guys in particular that I wanted to talk about. Um, I mean, they almost kind of all just shifted a team over, right? I mean, a little bit here and there. But so Damian Harris leaves the Patriots, goes to the Bills. I don't ever remember him being good. He did have one pretty good year with like 900 yards and 12 touchdowns. So if he could be a better version of Devin Singletary, and he's a a bigger guy compared to Singletary, so he could fill more of a role there for the Bills. I'm – I wasn't a giant fan of his coming out, but he's on a good offense. I'll take it. Singletary, I like Damian Pierce, so I don't like his presence, but he's also not good enough to take a ton of work from him, but just just good enough to to suck a little value from both of them. Chase Edmonds to Tampa. I don't necessarily like Edmonds' skill set compared with Rashad White's at the same time, like, if you kind of play the same game, to me, that's a pretty confusing signing. I'm not sure. And Edmonds was such a giant disappointment last year. Um, the only other, I mean, Miles Sanders is obviously the new RB1 with the Panthers. I like his role there more than I did with Philly because I don't think the supporting cast in Carolina is good and is going to be used enough to take touches away from him like they were in Philly. Um, James Robinson to the Patriots, a guy we like, a team we like. It's just a shame you can't trust the Patriots. He kind of falls into that void that Damian Harris left when he went to the Bills. But the, the, they seem to like Ramondre Stevenson quite a bit, so I don't see a world where he gets enough work to be fantasy relevant all season. I like him as a best ball guy, but that's about it. Jamal Williams going to the Saints. Saints have always kind of had a, a, a second back with um, Alvin Kamara there doing all the Kamara-esque things he does out of the backfield, so I like it. Plus, Kamara's probably going to miss it two to four games with his disciplinary whenever that gets trickled through the legal system. So, uh, Sant Williams should be in line for a good year. And then Montgomery going to the Lions, I don't know what to make of this you know, <clears throat> swift situation there. Montgomery could have a monster year if he kind of gets the Jamal Williams work and Swift gets banged up again. So it's worth keeping an eye on, but it's just a a muddled mess right now that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you, uh, gave a fantastic synopsis. Chase Edmonds. I I just think he's done. I mean, he just, he he had all the opportunity world in Miami. He was the free agent signing last year, the running back position. And, he didn't even finish the season there. They, were, they couldn't wait to not use him anymore and then just go and get their two uh, San Fran casts off in, in Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who were tr- uber successful in this offense. And then the the Broncos cut Trace Edmonds after trading for him. So this dude just, man, 
a, an epic Run. fall from grace with him. And we, we're both Rashad White fans. So, yeah, Chase Edmonds, nothing. You know, doesn't impact. Doesn't move the needle for me at all. I mean, if there's any spike in value, trade the shit out of him um, because it'll just fall again. Damian Harris, I think, could return to kind of that double-digit touchdown season that he had with the Patriots because they want that in Buffalo. I just they had they don't have it. They wanted it in Zach Moss. It didn't work out. They they gave Devin Singletary enough volume, but he's just not that big grinding back, especially when it gets cold. I think Devin Harris sneaky signing for them. Singletary to the Texans hurts Damian Pierce more than it helps Singletary. Yeah. That's going RBBC. Dante Foreman, I love and I hate that he went to the Bears because huge Khalil Herbert fan here. And Dante Foreman is good. And Dante Foreman is going to get 150 to 175 carries in that offense. So it just nicks Khalil Herbert upside by a ton. I think Herbert's still the one A there. I think and, Foreman's one B. And Fields steals enough red zone rushes that yeah, both exactly. of them can't it will never hit their ceiling. It, it does suck for everyone involved. Yeah, James Robson, I think it's, the signings are relevant with the Patriots. Good for him. I mean, continue to try and scratch something out, but they love Ramondre Stevenson there. Jamal Williams also, if uh, Kamara gets suspended, could be huge for Jamal Williams. I just don't think he's a special back. I mean, he's they they let him go in Detroit. Uh, you know, after what a seventeen touchdown season to pay a lot more money for David Montgomery. That tells me everything I need to know about Jamal Williams and the way even that the NFL views him. And he's just not special. Is he is he a fun guy? Does he seem like he'd be cool to hang out with? Sure, but as far as you know, uh, NFL running back is concerned, he's total replacement level. So. No loss to them. Montgomery is more of an indictment on DeAndre Swift because they felt they needed to commit to the position. They could have just re-signed Jamal Williams for a lot less money. Sure. They paid more to bring Montgomery in, so who's more of a threat even in the passing game than Jamal Williams was. So they're gonna they're just gonna start to continue to diminish DeAndre Swift. So I think that signing more about DeAndre Swift than David Montgomery, but also almost kind of marginalizes two assets that people valued in dynasty. The two guys I wanted to talk about were my Eagle and my ex Eagle. Miles Sanders got paid to go to Carolina and has already been described as a three down back by Frank Reich reunites with Deuce Staley. I think there's opportunity for Sanders to return sneaky value here. He's got probably the next two years guaranteed um, given the contract value, he is number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, number running back 10 in practical guarantees at the running back position. So he got paid by the Carolina Panthers. The Eagles were never going to pay him. The Eagles then went and bargain bin shot for Rashad Penny on a dirt cheap deal where it's only like 600,000 guaranteed. If I remember correctly, like literally nothing. It's an opportunity for him to just try and re reestablish any relevancy, but Love the spot he landed in, even if he is only early downs back. I think we've seen what that can be, and I like Rashad Penny's upside. I've said it early when we we're talking about the trades in the intro that, you know, consider me intrigued by Rashad Penny to the Eagles. The other guys, we you didn't mention was Samaj P. Ryan. We try not to talk about Samaj P. Ryan. At much <laughs> Nothing positive. He did go to the Broncos. He did get a decent amount of cash to go there. Devonta Williams, we kind of you're not really hearing everything you want to hear about his recovery. You saw what happened to J.K. Dobbins, who suffered a similar injury, but albeit much earlier in his season that was lost than Javante Williams did in season. So, you know, so there's a world where you know the Javante Williams starts on the pup or potentially doesn't even play this year. And I think that's a possibility. Um, so Samaj P. Ryan skyrockets up the value chart 
in Denver, um, especially with Sean Payton there. So as much as I hate it, I mean, if you were a Samaje Pirine owner who got him on the cheap last year while Mixon was banged up, you now have an RB2 on your team if and when, if and until Javante Williams comes back. So it, that, that pains me to say it, um, but it's a fact. And then there's a couple of guys lingering out there, and I'm not going to mention all these guys you have listed because I don't think all of them have value, but Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette, do they strike you as guys yes. that are going to wait like a camp injury? to sign, try and go somewhere where they might get an opportunity. Cause clearly that, you know, they're both past their prime. Um, I would prefer I Hunt over Fournette personally, but the shine is off. We haven't heard a peep about either of these guys even making visits. I don't anymore. know if Hunt is past his prime. What is he? 28. Um, I mean, I, I mean, Fournette, I would agree just because he's a bigger guy and that takes a beating on him, but he's shown enough as a pass catcher. Like, I could see a team where he comes in where they have an established early down guy, quote unquote, and then Fournette's kind of the third down goal line specialist. He could, he could easily get, (laughs) he's a 10 touchdown guy. And with, you know, 50 something touches on the season where they're just using him in great spots. I mean, obviously it would depend on the team and supporting cast and all that. I still, I still am, am burning a candle in my house for Kareem Hunt. I, I loved him coming out. I saw what he could do with uh, Kansas City. If he not even not even what he did off the field. If he just doesn't lie to the team, I think he's still there and is in the RB top five running back conversation in that offense. But um, yeah, I don't dispute. I, I mean, for, for those who don't remember, I mean, two years in Kansas City. He had 2,151 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns. He added another 69 receptions for – it? Uh, it doesn't give the total yards, just yards per game. But uh, another 10 receiving touchdowns. Oh, sorry, my fault. 79 receptions for 833 yards and 10 touchdowns. He had 25 touchdowns and almost 3,000 yards over his first two seasons. I'm trying to think – of the branches of the Andy Reed coaching tree throughout the NFL and trying to think where there's a lot of them. Yeah. And, I'm trying to think where he could land. What about, what about Arizona? Kareem Hunt is Arizona's lead back. I mean, I think they know they're, like they're not going to, they're not going to pay the position. They're just going to run James Conner. He ain't getting a ton of money. You don't have to pay him. But, but listen, you don't have to pay anyone. <laughs> I mean, listen, you could, you could let Keontae Ingram be the, the second back and draft another yeah, guy. Right, right. You know, don't pay him. You know, anything is too much. Um, and Kareem Hunt only played 27 games in those two seasons. So that's just bonkers what he was able to do and why we get giddy about that offense and why everyone stupidly overdrafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, including myself, because the prospect of what that offense can bring. But as you were kind of mentioning those two guys, and Leonard Fournette, didn't he make a ton of sense in Dallas? Oh boy! I mean, if he wants to chase the Tony Pollard truthers, we are. I don't like it, but he's better than Zeke at this age, and he actually still offers a little bit in the receiving game, which Zeke does not. So, boy, that would that makes a lot of sense. Hey, kind of, and and it's kind of the type of move I could see Dallas making, especially with McCarthy taking a more active role in the offense that he always liked the two back system. It's not Malik Davis. I mean, anyone that thinks like they're Malik Davis shares are at risk. They're not, it, he's not a thing. Rico, Rico Dowdle. Yeah. They're either going to draft or they're going to sign one of these veterans. 
you know, to pick up the slack. I could also, you mentioned there's two other names here, the only one of consequence. Latavius Murray, I could see him. I could see him in Denver. Uh, You know, Sean Payton has ties. They, you know, a veteran back that that can help out, you know, while Javante Williams is out, I could see Latavius Murray signing, you know, a vet men type deal closer to camp with the, with the Broncos. All right. From what was an interesting position to what's been just an absolutely terrible position Mm. wide receiver position let's just be a little failure let's not run down the gamut everyone knows who was a free agent where they signed at this point in time good bad indifferent like just just cherry pick a few of stock up stock down question mark so real quick after jacoby myers went to the raiders arguably the three best receivers left were juju dj chark and adam thielen and after the dj Moore trade to the bears and carolina was the need of receivers i said shit if they could sign all three of those guys, they take a terrible wide receiver room and make it pretty respectable. They missed that on Juju who went to the Patriots, but bringing in Shark and Thielen, I, you know, we talked about it a little bit um, at the beginning with them bringing in uh, Andy Dalton it, and assuming it's CJ Stroud. I really like what Carolina did this off season. Assuming it's Stroud, he's coming in there. Miles Sanders out of the backfield, Chark and Thielen. Thielen's, you know, an older guy, but as reliable as they come, especially in the red zone, imagine, you know, getting him as somebody who could look to as a rookie coming in. Chark, you know, injuries slowed him down a little bit, but I think he still has tons of fucking upside. So just those two guys going to the Panthers, I love what they did. This off, yeah, I don't disagree, and they had to, right? After yes, trading no away DJ Moore, no choice. You, you get up there, you you couldn't leave the cupboard bare for whatever quarterback you end up selecting. So, while I think Thielen is is cooked, I mean he's in his age thirty three season. Congrats to Blake Baratz of the Institute for Athletes in getting a three year twenty five <laughs> million dollar deal with fourteen <laughs> mil guaranteed for Mister Thielen to be, you know, a Eight yards per reception guy this year in Carolina. I mean, he's going to be checked down Charlie for whatever quarterback's there. And sure, he's reliable, but he's – sorry, he's cooked. You know, and he's a great story. You know, came out of nowhere to be a, a fantasy asset for a number of years. And, yeah, he might he might get you six or eight touchdowns, you know, in the red zone tops. But, he, you know, probably also probably put his prop at under 500 receiving yards. Shark, um, I think I heard he signed a one-year $5 million deal. That's half of what he got a year ago by Detroit. It's crazy, this market, that's just not paying for, for pass catchers right now. But lands in a great spot. Again, you know, a deep ball threat. Him and Terrace Marshall on the outside, Thielen in the middle. You know, it, it's a competent wide receiver core. You know, they also, you know, spoiler alert, they signed Hayden yeah. Hurst as well at tight end. And you mentioned Miles Sanders at running back. They have more skill than they had at the end of last season <laughs> on Absolutely. the on the Panthers. Um, no slight to DJ Moore, best receiver of all we've mentioned, but they upgraded at tight end and running back, and they've dispersed the skill talent across the wide receiver position. So, you know, they're not hanging the quarterback out to dry there. If, so, if Stroud is competent, I would pick Carolina to win this division right now. And I don't even mean yeah. good; I mean middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, I like Carolina's defense. They're young uh, as well. I'm a huge fan of Frank Reich. Um, I think he got you know, scapegoated with the with the Colts. I don't know that all these veteran moves were were his doing. You now shines off Chris Ballard a little bit, but 
I still think the Saints are the front runners. They they just they got a quality defense. They have talent and they still have a good offensive line. You know, for the however much Derek Hart isn't the answer, he's still a huge upgrade over Andy Dalton, in my opinion. So given where that division is, I would still say the Saints because I'm not going to pick a rookie quarterback to to win the division, but they'll be competitive with a rookie. And they, you know, if things break right, they certainly could. Uh, so not not opposed. Few others, but you know, and then we'll move on to tight ends and we'll get out of here. Trade front. Brandon Cooks went to the Cowboys. Uh, great ancillary signing for them. Going to stretch the field. That's what they need. Open up things um, for CD Lamb uh, underneath. Put Gallup into his probably more natural wide receiver three type spot. Um, get them more dynamic. He's still a thirty year old guy. He's been productive. I just don't think he's he's a high end asset anymore. And he's going to be clear two to be in the pecking order against, you know, maybe a Pollard or whatever the tight end position gets. I just don't think he's going to get the volume, you know, to really be a huge difference, difference maker, have a couple spike weeks, you know, kind of like T Y Hilton did when he signed with the Cowboys late last year, DJ Moore already mentioned the bears huge move for the bears. I don't think it's a downgrade for more. Um, I know there's better talent in Chicago than there was in Carolina, but I believe in Justin Fields, So I do think, better days can be had for more, even if it's just on the touchdown front. Um, he's just been touchdown deficient, you know, for most of his career. Um, the one again, tying back to the beginning of this podcast to trade for Elijah Moore to the Browns, who I think easily surpasses Donovan people's Jones as the second target getter in this yeah. Cleveland offense past David and Joku. Even I do believe they're going to throw the ball more. Stefanski has said as much um, this off season, they're going to open things up, get away from being this run based offense. Um, Deshaun Watson averaged 28 pass attempts per game last year, 28. I think he's going to be closer to like 28 completions a game this coming year. Yeah. And if you get him into like the 40 pass attempt range, Elijah Moore can see, I mean, we're talking, you know, a 20% share for him. That's eight targets per game. I'll take that from Deshaun Watson all day long in, in that offense where Cooper's still going to see the, the focus of the defense's coverage and they have other pass catchers are going to keep people honest, uh, you know, in Njoku and, and DPGA. So I'm huge on Elijah Moore. I think there's a great landing spot for him. Clearly, it wasn't going to work with the Jets. I did think there was a world where he ended up on the Packers in the trade, but clearly the Packers want the picks instead, which is why I think they found another partner in the Browns. So I don't know that I could have picked a much better landing spot for Elijah Moore um, to kind of resuscitate his dynasty value in his third year than in the Cleveland Browns. So super excited about uh, Elijah Moore. The rest of the guys, unexciting. You mentioned Juju to the Patriots. Okay, he'll he'll be Jacoby Myers maybe a little bit better, you know. Alan Lazard to the Jets. No, no thank you. I mean, Garrett Wilson's no, guy there. Awful. It's, you know, he'll talk about a guy that's reliable and a red zone guy like he'll be relevant but not excited about the move. You know, Jacoby Myers to the Raiders. Yeah, he's just just parked squarely behind Devontae Adams in that offense. Michael Hartman to the Jets is interesting cuz you're talking about they're adding all these weapons. Michael Hartman's not going to see volume. You just can't. Garrett Wilson there, you know, assuming that Aaron Rodgers goes there, he's going to throw it to Alan Lazard. They have, you know, they want to be a run-based offense. I like Nicole Hardman. I wish he landed somewhere else because he's just going to be, unfortunately, a gadgety guy that will, will have a couple jet sweep touchdowns or, you know, this type of, you know, active weeks. He'll be in the, in the return game, but he's not going to be a weekly factor from fantasy football, and it sucks. I'm glad it's only a one-year deal. So hopefully he gets healthy and puts good enough things on tape that he ends up elsewhere next year. 
Yeah. Uh, otherwise, pretty pretty garbage down the road. Uh, Robert Woods went to the Texans, which is only relevant because they traded Brandon Cooks. So Woods is now the fucking Texans wide receiver one. You have to assume that that second first round pick of theirs is going to one of these top receivers in this class because whoever they're drafting at two needs to throw the football to somebody because they are in what the kids like to call a bad spot. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I mean, pretty much trash. You, you said it at the top, not, not much to speak of here. Everyone wanted to see a wide receiver go to the Ravens, either in the draft or free agency. So they made a giant splash <laughs> with the corpse of Nelson Aguilar, which Ugh. They may not even have a quarterback, so it matters even less. But, yeah, pretty yeah. underwhelming wide receiver room this year. Yeah, listen, shout out to uh, Robert Woods as well. You know, one week before his 31st birthday and his agent, Andrew Kessler of Astley's first, because somehow <laughs> he got a two-year $15.25 million deal with $10 million guaranteed. So, I I, I, I don't know. Like, are <laughs> veteran receivers, you know, really that valuable? Like. I don't Woods Woods and Thielen are cheersing their end shore together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I know Woods is like a he's a he's a willing blocker out there. And you know, Thielen's as dependable as they come. I mean, these are things you say to guys that just aren't good anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not they were assets, you know, once upon a time. Not anymore. But again, I don't begrudge anyone for getting I, I their money. So the the other thing that they both bring, mm-hmm. and I think to the teams they went to. It, they are going to be very helpful to their rookie quarterbacks and for two teams that are probably going to be addressing the wide receiver position in the draft. You bring in those experienced veterans that people respect, and you can use those guys to kind of be a on-the-field coach for these young guys you're bringing in, assuming they do. If they are not, if they don't blow any draft capital on receivers, then the whole thing is stupid. But they're, they're bringing more for that money than just their – middling on-field production at this point in their career. Yeah. One name that isn't highlighted here and didn't want to go without saying, Deontay Hardy signed a two-year $9.5 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, it's 4.75 guarantee. They can walk away after one year. But, you know, young guy, only 25 years old, had some splashes with the Saints, and now he's going to a far more explosive offense with Josh Allen. Um, They had – why is his name escaping me? He was that little little fast guy they had last year that – found some value uh, as, their, as their slot. Like after it wasn't Jamison Crowder, who was the guy? Was it Isaiah McKenzie? Isaiah McKenzie. Well, he's gone. So now you can slot Deontay Hardy, who was Deontay Harris, I believe. He changed his name um, from the Saints. Something sneaky there. Um, I, I think he's not fantasy irrelevant. But I, I've heard his – it's funny you said that. His name – I have just heard pop up here and there. Hey, don't don't overlook this Deontay Hardy thing. Deontay yeah, I mean, not insignificant money. You know, not a world buzzing, beater, but it's buzzing around a little, which super, means super if, you, if you're listening to this and you're interested, put the feelers out now because I think he's uh, trending upward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably still have him relatively cheap. Um, you know, just as a point of reference, little guy, five six, one seventy, but super fast. You know, has a 36 reception, 570 yard, three touchdown season just two years ago. He was short lived. He got, I believe, he got injured. He didn't play a bunch of games with the Saints last year, but you know, he's he's got some juice. You know, and uh, he's he's in the right offense. So 
that's that's where I wanted his name. And then let's finish strong with the tight ends and get out of here because hey, we went over an hour again, John. Congratulations. Um, and the tight ends. There's some interesting names. We already mentioned Hayden Hurst, so we're not going to go back to that well. You know, Mike Kosicki, one-year deal with the Patriots, reunited with Bill O'Brien. I do think that's a good landing spot for him to rehab his value. They traded Johnny Smith to the Falcons, you know, so opening up the way for Gasicki to get meaningful targets in that offense, and I think he will. Um, Darren Waller traded the Giants. Good for him. Um, you know, he's still three years removed from fantasy relevancy. Do I think he can get back there? Sure, but he's also been – extremely injury prone the last two seasons. So, you know, I'm not going over the moon for him, but sure. Good gift for the giants. You know, when healthy, he's a difference making pass catcher at the tight end position. Dalton Schultz had to settle for a one year deal with the Texans who, to your I point, I understand that overplayed his hand. I think, you know, Dallas tagged him to kind of keep him in for another year. It's not very explosive after the catch doesn't really offer much as a blocker. So I think, you know, if what I heard was correct is that he had a multi-year deal on the table from Dallas, but it was like three years, 33. It was probably like 18 mil guaranteed or something like that. And, you know, he wanted to go test the market and he found a flat market for the tight end position. Um, that which a lot of these teams, a lot of these players did in the NFL wasn't breaking the bank on offensive players this year. Um, no. overall. And I think we all assume that if anyone did at the tight end position, it'd be Schultz. And yeah, you got $9 million. Good for him going to the Texans where you assume it's going to be Bryce young. So it could end up in a worse place stays in tax free Texas. So good for him, but he'll be looking <laughs> again next year. Um, you know, the Raiders then went and got uh, OJ Howard and Austin Hooper to replace Darren Waller. And unfortunately Foster Moreau, who, you know, uh, was diagnosed with, uh, I think it's non Hodgkin's lymphoma when he was visiting the saints. Yeah. So, Hopefully everything we're both huge Foster Moreau fans on the field and you know hope for the best from off the field. But you know, now OJ Howard and Austin Hooper will be fighting for targets from Jimmy Garoppolo, who does like the tight ends. There's a little value there. So and then kid, we're, we're, we're on this one because they have them lumped together. What what do you think happens? I mean, if we're going old school Patriot system, they do like two tight ends. Do do one of these two guys finally be the player we thought, or do they vampire enough work from each other that they both are the piles of garbage we've become accustomed to uh probably the latter i I think (laughs) they will more draw from each other i mean at least hooper was somewhat relevant i mean not huge i mean but he did have a 75 catch 787 six touchdown season in atlanta before he cashed and then he went to cleveland to do nothing for two years and then he Ended up in Tennessee, and both of us were like, oh, man, great, late-round tight end here. And then, no, it was Chigakonkwo. Like, that guy's just, you know, he Hooper's just been a tease more often than not. O.J. Howard's been a flat-out disappointment. And he's landed up some places where he should have had opportunity. I mean, Tampa initially, but then he was in uh, he was in Houston after – I forget where the heck he went, and he couldn't even get on the field over, like – yeah. Uh, Jordan Akins, who just re-signed back to go to the Cleveland Browns, where I believe it all started for him as like a 30-year-old baseball convert. Like, Howard couldn't beat that dude out, you know, for for any significance. This dude was a first-round pick out of Bama. Like, just mind-blown by Howard and what he's not been able to do. So, I think it's probably going to make them both irrelevant. If one of them signed there, I'd be moderately interested. But to your point, they're both going to see the field. 
I thought I thought OJ Howard was going to be the next Rob Gronkowski. That's one of my biggest misses ever. Yeah, and then Rob Oof. Gronkowski went to the Bucks. <laughs> Just to show you <laughs> how far apart the two of them are, you know. And then. Probably irrelevant signs. Robert Tunyon to the Bears. I mean, Kolkomet's still the starter there, so I just think Robert Tunyon's his depth, player they know in division. Josh Oliver got a reasonable deal with the Vikings, blocking guy, you know, so that they can keep uh, TJ Hawkinson out in routes where he belongs. And then there's some unsigns, which Foster Moreau's on here. Again, you know, hope everything works out for him. And then Irv Smith, who's another guy who's shown flashes, but his star has fallen tremendously. Yeah. Too undersized to be a typical tight end, so he's very niche in what he can do, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So he's going to have to accept a real cheap prove-it deal somewhere, and those those seats are drying up. You know, as we talk about all these other guys who are taking yeah. one and two-year deals. Like, yeah, yeah I don't see a place for him. I can, see the, I can see the Bengals with him. They lost Hayden Hurst, went to the Panthers. They don't have anyone worth a shit in Cincinnati right now. Drew Sample, you know, at the tight end position, the guy who Played examples of free agent too. Is he? I can't remember uh, the other kid's name who played. You know, a few games last year when Hurst was was out injured. But you know, I could see them using an Irv Smith in their offense, but not paying him shit to do it. So, yeah, there's not a lot left out there. There's, I don't believe there's anyone of consequence outside of maybe Hunt or Fournette that could disrupt some things. Um, still left in the free agent market. Yeah, and, and I mean, you mentioned it when you talk about running backs. I mean, some of these guys, I think, <laughs> are in a spot where now they just have to sit on their hands until somebody gets hurt. Yeah, I oh, mean, listen, you, the, you ready? Ready for the Bengals tight end depth chart? Want to puke on yourself? I I feel like I like the one guy. I thought I Go did ahead. too. I don't even see his name. Devin Asi Asi. Okay. That's Tanner funny. Hudson and Nick yeah. Bowers. I know who okay, you're thinking yeah. of. I can't find him, but. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find Mitchell him. Wilcox. Mitchell Wilcox. There he is. Yes, I, he's a free he's agent. Not on also. the roster. He's a really also a free agent. Yeah. Holy moly! I liked him also. Yeah, I mean, he, he showed some flashes. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do something. Those yeah, things. Devin Asiasi ain't the answer. No, his two catches for five yards last year. Yeah, I don't think that's getting <laughs> the job done. I mean, not that there's a lot of targets go around outside of Chase and Higgins. I mean, and Boyd, even as the third. I mean, Boyd's pretty much their tight end running all those intermediate routes. But, yeah. you know, I think uh, well, last year Hurst had 68 targets, 52 for 414 and two touchdowns, and he only played 13 games. I mean, that's that's not irrelevant, you know, and I think Irv Smith's a better athlete. He just can't stay healthy either. But yeah, I did like Wilcox. But it's funny. I said I was done, and I got to do this. You you have three names listed at the wide receiver position still unsigned, and their uh, fantasy days of past is Odell oh. Beckham Jr., who at one point is saying he wanted uh, $20 million a year, which he refuted. But, you know, I, I, it's probably not far off from what he's he's looking to get. I mean, he's, he's certainly looking to, uh, to cash one last time. Be interested to see. If, when, where he lands, he's been tied to the Jets a little bit. It's reported that Rodgers wants him there, too. It would be ironic that he you know, comes full circle from the Giants to the Jets back in New York um, to, to try and win a Super Bowl. And then Jarvis Landry and Kenny Galladay. Is, is Kenny Galladay effectively retired? Because there's no way on God's green earth any sane GM offers him a fucking penny guaranteed after the shit he pulled with the Giants. I mean, somebody's going to – I think someone offers him something. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, what what kind of – guaranteed money could you offer that guy yeah i mean listen warning to any gm who wants to remain a gm out there <laughs> <laughs> so, don't give this guy any guaranteed money 
Get all fully incentive laden. If you want to go down this path of getting holiday, it's fully incentive laden. That's it. If someone, if someone could altogether. sign him, if someone could, please do something because I need to get some sort of <laughs> spike in value to dump him in the last couple spots I have. Yeah. Let me, Listen, get, a, let me get, gonna... <laughs> get a late fourth, please. Listen, you're just going to have a, you know, a cut fest. You know, you're going <laughs> to just do your heart some good. You're just dropping Kenny Galladay for nothing from your rosters. I'll go to Arizona. They'll trade uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He'll be Arizona's wide receiver one. There you go. He contested catch guy. There you go. <laughs> there is a world. I just don't know. Oh. If it's, I, I don't know if it's the NFL. There might be another oh, FL out oh, there no. oh, for Kenny no. Galladay. Just saying. Oh. Listen, Josh Moore, Josh Gordon's lighting up the XFL or whatever the fuck's going on right now. USFL. I don't even know the difference. Um, Kenny Galladay can be a star catching passes from uh, Ben DiNucci, too. Just here sh- shaking my head in sadness. That's a perfect place to wrap this up. Yeah. So, <laughs> ooh, pull my collar. Yipes. For myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, we are the ending on a depressing, sad note, Fantasy 40 podcast brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. And we are out of here. Kenny Galladay. Oh. Yeah, I mean, one, I hate baseball. I think baseball is extremely boring. <laughs> too many innings and too many games. Like, spare me. And it's too hot for half of the season to actually go to these games and enjoy them. I, no, <laughs> I'm good. Catch me, catch me in the postseason. I, I like I cold like, baseball. <laughs> I like baseball, and I think there's way too many games. <laughs> there, there's clearly too many games. I mean, 162 games. I mean, there's 365 days in a year. Does baseball really think they need to take half of the year just for the regular season? Is that really necessary? That's why these guys, it's like, oh, uh, he ripped his uh, thumb nail off 30 day deal because it doesn't fucking matter. Like, we still, we still got 130 games <laughs> that, that this guy could be impactful for. Like, 60 day DL. Just go. You pulled your hamstring. Yeah. Go, go relax. These, these games don't matter. <laughs> We're going to get you back for the home stretch. It's like a uh, load management in the NBA. Fuck out of here. That's 82 games. Oh, the NBA the is thumbing their nose at fans. Like <laughs> we don't give a shit about you. And we also believe there's too many games in a regular season. So I don't even get you guys off on back to back road. Games, I mean, and like, they don't the superstars are playing. Fuck that. And and they don't even play like they they don't play hard anymore. Like it ain't you could make the case back in the day that like basketball players needed the time off because they were really physical. They don't even touch each other now. And those guys didn't take time off. Those guys like suiting up. Yes, friggin' duct tape together <laughs> for game night. Yeah, I mean it's all changed. Insane. All those. That's why I love football, because every game matters. It really does. Maybe I, hate, I still we, hate the extra one game now. Listen, I want more, but that's like just a nihilist in me. Like I, I want more fancy football. I want, yeah, real, I want more real football. But you're taking and, away from your your point. Listen, twenty games is still going to make every game matter. They already don't play in the preseason, so just wipe that out. Like. 
weeks one, two, and three are, are preseason extended at this point. Just make them count. Give us more fantasy. Give me more DFS. Get rid That's of all the preseason and let them actually fucking practice. Practice in fucking pads. Do two a days yeah. like they used to. Actually evaluate the fucking players when you have a chance. And then you don't yes. even need the preseason. Instead right, of right, having... Right. Yeah, your yeah. your four-string quarterback starting half of the games in the preseason with no shot at even making a roster. Like, you're literally just doing it because you're required to. You know, while all the starters just sit on the sideline, totally healthy, watching the game. <laughs> Get them a tryout for the USFL. You know, listen, there's XFL, there's USFL. There's enough football for all these, you know, fringe guys um, that they could they could show their value to the NFL at this point in time. But, yeah, give me a break. All sports are structured. Just l- come over to the 40 and let us tell you how to fix all professional sports. <laughs> Bring excessive fighting back to hockey, like almost like incentivize it, not like really trying to skirt around it. Big hits, big hits should be a thing. Uh, Cross-checking and all this random shit. No, <laughs> incentivize that. Bring contact back into hockey rather than these like speed skating little 160-pound guys that are the superstars. No, I want the fighters to actually be at the forefront of hockey. Baseball, cut it right in half. Get in line with hockey and basketball, 82-game season. Stop fucking around. Doesn't need to happen. You can still can make it a nice training. round number. People like bait. Make it a hundred. Fair, fine. So, hundred <laughs> fifty home, right fifty this. road. <laughs> yeah. Boom! Look at that. Just cutting the fluff. Make the games matter. Then all these guys won't be getting injured and tearing shit. And you know, imagine lessening that load on pitchers. But oh, records. They would be compromised at this point. Who gives a fuck? And football, also, get rid of the regular, get rid of preseason altogether. John's point. Let Turn them loose. Let them practice how they want. If it's two-a-days, if it's in, inter, whatever the fuck you call it, when not te- inner squads, when teams come together and practice, let them do whatever the fuck they want. Figure it out. Line up week one, 20-week regular season. Two buys. You get two buys now, 20-week season. You're stretching football out even further. NFL's happy. You know, you're, you're not seeing any unnecessary preseason games. More fantasy, more DFS, and uh, I don't know. What, how do we fix basketball? Reduce the games? <laughs> you, you get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of it all together. Yeah, no uh, back-to-back roads. You know, give them a day off or do something like that. You know, incentivize the guys not to have to pull, you know to take the take the night off on back-to-back roads or something like that. So either that or reduce them down to like. If you're not hurt, you sit out. You lose two game checks. <laughs> yeah, or worse. There you go. No, well, just, you're, not, you're not. You're not allowed to. You can't listen. They'll just make up injuries. You know, I'll tell you, it'll be like personal. All right, we'll get that one. Yeah, you're not allowed to ask. It's personal. <laughs> That's why he's not playing tonight. Yeah. All right. So we we got we got to work on basketball, but we'll we'll get there as well. Where, Every other sport. With, what are we doing with PEDs? Doesn't rank high enough. I mean, listen. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, John. Right. So keep testing. You know, but yeah, you, know, you don't get mm. caught. I'm going the other. I'm saying no, no testing. No, oh, right. just get rid of it. Just let everyone. I want a guess. bowl, a bowl as you walk into the locker rooms full of pills and syringes. Yeah, you could just. How how, com- how committed are you? Right? How great yeah. do you want to be? Yeah, you want to be like Lassiter, <laughs> Latimer. Sorry, Latimer for the program. Listen, it's right over there. Yeah, right before you hit the right before you hit the weights. Yeah, I'm for yeah. it. Yeah. Bit excessive for my taste, but I'm not opposed. Yeah, everyone's bigger, stronger, faster anyway. 
I'm not of the belief that they're all doing it legally. Trying to think anything else good here. I think we're on to huh. something. I like where you I like where you went with everything. Yeah, I, I think we're on to something here. I mean, it's it's, it's about entertainment. Oh, Baseball I, is fucking boring. It's boring. I I I, I like it well, live. I will agree on TV. You had a baseball game with the the baseball game experience is is not boring to me. But okay, I can get why people. Think I can tolerate boring. there because you're typically not sitting. You're just all over the place. Like you're constantly moving around. The fact that they added this pitch clock will help a lot because that was a nightmare. Where it was just like you know, fifteen minute at bats, and you're like, "What is going? Just hit him with the ball already. Let's just move, let's move on. Plunk <laughs> him in the head, make him regret that he fought off ten of your fucking sliders, and get to the next guy." I'm all in favor. Like even baseball, new we're le- we're losing this new generation. They don't care about like the the finesse or whatever the nuance of the game. Fuck no, no one wants to see a twenty pitch at bat. No one. 